We are live right now. The Gambler Shack episode three. We are it's back. We're back. We're back. We're going to talk two hours of golf today. Oh, uh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Don't, <laughs> don't, you, don't you tell the people that because you're going to get two minutes lost, from me. We lost listeners. As I, as I, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get about two minutes of me and 58 minutes of Gabe talking some good old golf. But we, two hours, so I need a, an hour and 58 minutes to talk about <laughs> Oh, I need Dustin Johnson to pull through. Yes, sir. Oh, so hit, hit the green and make putts. That's, yes. <laughs> hit, hit fairways and greens and make putts. That's that's, a, that's, that's my advice. That's the key. If we'll Dustin can do that, I think he can. Yeah. Just yeah. like if uh, if uh, Tua can throw touchdowns, I think the Dolphins can win. Like You know, like that's yeah. it. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. I, I, I should just be a coach. Yeah, you should. You, you're coaching right now, but I got to get to the intro, Gabe. Get Episode three, what's going on? That's what it's called right now because there's a lot of things that's going on, especially on the college football forefront. We're going to get to that, but first we make a stop in the NFL. It's been an underdog world for the last two weeks for the NFL. We're going to mention that. Miami Dolphins, are they the real deal? Buffalo keeps rolling. They could be the favorite. They could be the dogs. They can score on offense now. We're going to talk about all that. And we mentioned some odds. Who can win the NFC? Like I said, in college football, Clemson, big loss to Notre Dame. Huge loss to Notre Dame. That was the official. The officials had Notre Dame on the money line. Oh, 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 we're going to get into that game. Slow down. And then we're going to talk about the SEC four games postponed. Uh, it's, it's, the coronavirus is, is real, people. It's, it's very real. I think we got to start questioning now, like, will college football happen? Will college it really happen? There's these schools are gonna lose too much money if it doesn't. It's all yeah. a ploy. The see, it's the SEC that's canceling is because CBS has mm. the Masters, so they want people watching the Masters, not SEC football. So all no, nah, I'm missing this. <laughs> I was with y'all. Wait, Gabe, Mike got some right here. I'm, I'm riding with this real quick. But if you're just tuning in to the Gambling Shag. My name is Bobby Beats. You can follow me on Twitter at Robo Harris Jr. Speaking of that, I have, I mean, I can't get Bobby Beats. It's some some dude, some bot that has that pay, that number. Oh, it's that, that name. Yeah, it's like a bot that has Bobby Beats on there. But also follow my man Gabe at G underscore Myers, M-Y-E-R-S 33. Love that number 33. That's my that was my basketball number back when I was an athlete. I knew it. I knew it was a long, long. I actually played basketball today for the first time in a while. My entire body is sore. So <laughs> luckily, I made these picks yesterday, though, before yeah. my body like shut down. So yeah, I think I, I was in a decent mental state at the time of making these picks. Not yeah, sure. Was- not sure if that means they're any better, but <laughs> <laughs> you got to believe in yourself, Gabe. You got to believe to the people. I did okay last week. We we got a couple winners. I need to uh. Need to stop betting on the Bears. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, I need to maybe I think I, just, I need to stop betting on the Bears. That's the uh, that's what I need to do. I need to stop betting on the Bears. And as I say that, a Bears game is involved in my game. <laughs> Let's get to the NFL real quick. Like, I know. It's like it's like the crackhead. He knows he needs to stop doing crack, but he's just going to keep on doing it. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep betting on the Bears for. Or I, well, we'll see if I'm betting on them this week. We'll see. But I want to start, before we get into picks, mm-hmm. the demolition of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday night. 
now leaves the Saints as the NFC favorites. What do you think about – I mean, according to the sports books, the Saints plus 300, they are the favorites to win the NFC. Tampa Bay at number two at plus 400, and then Green Bay, Seattle, slightly behind them at plus 425. I'm kind – given the way the Saints played this year outside of the two Tampa Bay games, it's, it's, they look good on Sunday. They look really good. But, man, I, I have a hard time taking the Saints seriously considering the last time I saw them in the playoffs, I, they were losing to Kirk Cousins. Like, that's – I can't get that out of my head. But we got to focus on this year, Gabe. Good question. I, I think the Saints are right to be, you know, plus 300 because they've been rolling. Every game they've scored over at least 25 points. Lowest scoring game they ever had was against the Las Vegas Raiders at 24, almost said Oakland Raiders, but 24 points against the Las Vegas Raiders. But other than that, that team is going to, that team is rolling. Drew Brees doesn't have to, he's not known to really just air the ball out every time. He's a dink and dunk passer guy. He's going to eat up your defense, but Michael Thomas is back. Michael Thomas looked good. Now he, now he doesn't have that focus on him because why? Emmanuel Sanders is back. He made a touchdown grab as well. So I think the Saints plus 300, I like that pick. I like that to win the NFC. I I think, you know, that same series, that defense, is it the best? Nah, but it's solid. They can get to the quarterback at any will in time with Cam Jordan. So I'm I'm loving the Saints plus 300. After what I've seen, uh uh-huh. No, I was gonna say Cam Jordan showed up for the first time all year on Sunday. I watched a lot of I watch a lot of football and I watch a lot of Saints games. The Saints are a good team. And I didn't notice Cam Jordan this year. Like, and, I, and I'm like, and I know he's there. He's, you know, all pro, pro bowl player. Um, and I'm watching his Saints. I'm like, man, they're not getting the pass rush. And I'm like, where's Cam Jordan? He's on the field and he just wasn't doing anything until this week. So is that the Cam Jordan we're getting going forward? Or are we getting the Cam Jordan weeks one through eight or whatever, where he was just kind of, kind of just a guy? Yeah. And, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, he gets up to play Mike Evans. He's a very hot and cold. It's hard for me to trust the Saints. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to give you I'm going to give you two teams here. One that I think if they get home field, which looking at their schedule, I think they're going to. I think they'd win it. They win the NFC. And the best value who I think needs to be taken seriously as a contender. I think if the Green Bay Packers get home field, Home field does not matter this year in the NFL. There's no fans. These are professionals. In college football, yes, because going on the road, you got 19, 22 year old kids. It <laughs> matters because they're you know they're going in hotel. You know it's they're not professionals. Yeah, they're professionals in the NFL. Home road without without the fans, without the crowd noise, it doesn't matter. What's going to matter in January is when Lambeau is negative 10 degrees. Mm-hmm. When Green Bay's negative 10 degrees and the New Orleans Saints or the Tampa Bay Bucks or the Seattle Seahawks or the Arizona Cardinals are going to Lambeau Field to play in negative 10-degree weather when they are dome teams or fair weather teams. Green Bay currently – I had them at 425 when I did this little thing. They're actually mm-hmm. at 450 right now as I'm looking at it. Green Bay, their schedule is very easy. The Their two toughest games are the Colts and the Titans, and those two teams are not I, – I mean, I don't think – Aaron, like the Colts are good, but their quarterback sucks. The Titans defense yeah. is bad, but I think their offense, you know, think I think their offense is solid. It's trying to be against a, good, a really good Colts D yesterday. At worst, Green Bay's going 13 and 3. 
And the Chiefs and the Bucks or the Saints and the Bucks still have to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are games in the lost column for them. And the Green Bay Packers have the head-to-head tiebreaker with the New Orleans Saints. So if those two teams end up tied for the NFC, Green Bay gets home field. Watch out as Green Bay gets home field. If you're like me and think Green Bay gets home field, Green Bay plus 450 might be a good play to win the NFC. Maybe a sleeper, though, Rob. This team needs to be taken seriously. Plus 1,200, that's the LA Rams. The LA Rams need to be taken seriously to win the NFC because all these teams are really, really flawed. I think the Rams are flawed as well, but all these teams are flawed. And I think the Rams, they can play outside, they can play inside, they can throw the ball with you, they can run the ball on you. They can win a shootout. They can win. Uh, they can win a defensive battle. I think they can win a lot of different ways. I think the Rams. I'm not saying they're going to win the NFC, but I think at plus 1200, I think the, I think I take the Rams more seriously than the Seattle Seahawks because the Seahawks defense is so bad they won't be able to win multiple playoff games. I think the Rams with McVay calling the plays, what he can do on offense, and they've been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, they went to a Super Bowl just two years ago. How soon we forget. And I think this defense right now is better than the defense they went to the Super Bowl with. You can argue the offense, but this defense is better. I think we need to take the Rams seriously. I think people are looking at it like, oh, they got dusted by Miami. There were so many turnovers in that game. Turnovers are not indicative of a team in a one-game sample size. I think that was just an aberration performance. I think the Rams are legitimate NFC title contenders, and I think it's time that we – the betters, the betting market, treat them as such. I think that's a good value at plus twelve hundred. But I think the Packers. If I was placing a bet, it would be the Packers plus four fifty to win the NFC. I think the NFC is a giant mess. But I think with Green Bay, they will have a home field advantage if they get home field, and the path is there for them to get home field in the NFC. Hmm. So I, I really like Green Bay at plus four fifty. If I was making, if I was making a pick. I mean, yeah, I just looked at the schedule and the remaining games. They still have to play. They still have to play Detroit one more time. They still have to play. I mean, I mean, they're not. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, they play the Bears one more time. I need to play them twice. They got to play them twice. Excuse me. They do yeah. have to play them twice. So that's that's going to be tough as well, especially in Chicago. But, but, but the Bears saying. can't score. Yeah, they can. The Bears can't score. Like, I'm – like I, I mean, the Bears can't score. That's two games. Detroit's not any good. The Colts quarterback sucks. You can say maybe <laughs> the Titans. Maybe the Titans are one loss. Um, that's an easy schedule, though. They play yeah, the Jackson Eagles yeah. this week. They're a thirteen-point yeah. favorite against Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Like they're they play the. I think you said they play the Eagles. Yeah, yeah I play the Eagles. They play the Eagles. I mean that. This is not a good football team. It, like those are not or those are not good football teams. The Eagles. Mm-hmm. The Bears, I mean, the Bears on offense are not a good football team. Jacksonville, like, these are games they should just rack up wins. Packers, I can see them going 14-2, and two, just running the table the rest of the way. At worst, going 13-3. and three. I mean, I don't – you're telling me Phillip Rivers is going to be Aaron Rodgers in a game right now? Hell nah, no. and, and, and that game is in uh, – it's, well, it's in Lucas Oil Stadium, so indoor – you know, I, I get what you're saying, but but to that point, uh, that's a long shot for the Rams. I the NFC West is pretty much a toss up right now. Do you now. take the Rams seriously? I get, I guess, I, I think that's a question to ask with the Rams. Are you taking them yeah. as seriously as I am? Because I think some people just don't like Jared Goff, so they discount the Rams because <laughs> of that. I don't, I don't. I'm not taking the Rams seriously. I was a guy. You can ask my my partners in the clutch. I had a bet on them every week 
from the early beginnings of the season. But to be honest, I, I just don't really take them seriously on the offensive side because some, some games they look good. They look great. They look like they're unstoppable. Then it's just some games like, okay, the Miami game, just the turnover ratio. Like, Derek Goff was doing a little bit too much. He was trying to make a lot of things happen. And I think I just can't buy the Rams there because I really like the Cardinals, but then they lost to the same team the L.A. Rams lost to. So it's, it's kind of like, man, who – if a long shot to come out the NFC, I mean, which, who, who – I mean, let me look at these. I, I mean, who's at a plus 1,000 or whatnot, like – no, the car, the plus a thousand or better that has a chance to make the playoffs mm. would be the Rams, the Cardinals. Those are plus twelve hundred, plus eighteen hundred. The Eagles at plus two thousand, but don't that yeah. you have to, you yeah. might just burn money if you're going to bet on the Eagles. Just if you're going to bet on the Eagles to win the NFC, just burn money. You just burn <laughs> money. Just burn it. That's what you you might as well just do that. And if you want to say they have a chance to make the playoffs. The Chicago Bears are plus four thousand, but I mean they're five and four, so they're technically a game out right now. But they're not. I mean they can't score. Yeah, like, they can't put points on the board. Like they're not gonna. Not only they're gonna win enough games. So I mean you're at the plus uh, plus thousand. You're really looking at the Rams or the Cardinals. I don't take the Cardinals seriously because I refuse to believe in Cliff Kingsbury. The Rams. Now here's the thing: if you if you do like the Rams, bet them now. Bet them as you're listening to this because they play the Seahawks this weekend. They're going. They're playing Seattle this weekend. If they beat Seattle, all of a sudden the Rams are you know probably going to be like a plus seven hundred or plus six hundred mm-hmm. because then they're, gonna own, they're, then they're going to be on top of the division. So right now Seattle's on top of the division. So the Seattle's odds are better. Rams beat them this weekend, which I think they will. That's not one of my picks, but that you know I do think the Rams are going to win this weekend. That's a one point spread last time I checked. That those odds, Rams are going to move up. Seattle's going to move down. They'll probably both be in that six to eight hundred range. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you like the Rams, like I do, bet them now. Don't bet them. Uh, don't don't wait. Don't be like, oh, let's see how they look this weekend because they look good this weekend. They are going to shoot up because they're playing Seattle, who is ahead of them in those standings and who's ahead of them in the division right now. Hmm. So yeah, that, I mean, be my thing. Don't wait to bet the Rams. Don't wait to bet the Rams. I'm a good long shot bet. The Cardinals are just too they they're they're like the newborn baby. Like everybody loves the Cardinals. <laughs> everybody loves the Cardinals. They love the offense. Number one offense in the NFL. Kyler Murray is growing. He's really in the MVP uh discussion, honestly speaking. So mm-hmm. um he got the best wide out from the Texans, DeAndre Hopkins. So like they're they're like the newborn baby. Everybody loves the Cardinals. I love the Cardinals. I love the offense. The defense is not good. Defense is not good. I love, I love that. You know why they're the newborn baby? Because everything they do is so cute. Oh, <laughs> they threw for, they had five hundred yards of offense. They scored forty points. It's incredible. Oh, God, it looks so good against the Dolphins. Oh, you lost, but that's okay. Like everything a newborn baby does, like if it's knocking over a bunch of dishes, it's still so cute because it's a newborn baby. You know, that's what the Cardinals are. I, I never thought of that. That's so good. That is so good. <laughs> Thank you, Abe. Newborn baby, they're they're so cute. They're you know, oh, it's so cool. But they're not. You're not. You're not taking them seriously. You're, the newborn baby ain't gonna give you financial advice. You're not gonna take yeah. what they say seriously. You know. So I'm, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. The Cardinals are the newborn. I love it. <laughs> I love but it. I'm a, I'm gonna stick with the Saints, though. I'm a, I guess a safe square bet. I like the Saints, man. I like. I think they they have the experience, they have the coaching, 
they have the potential no fans of course and you kind of need fans in that superdome so that's that's the benefit to the road team that comes to new orleans um which is why i like green bay because i mean no one's gonna have enough fans to where it's gonna make a difference i mean mm-hmm. things might get like ten thousand or whatever in there but it, you know it's not gonna be like the superdome uh versus green bay they get home field it is a home field advantage because they call I mean, negative 10. Like, every playoff game I've watched in Green Bay in my life is, like, negative 10, and Tom Coughlin's face is purple. And, like, <laughs> you know, like, it, like, that is a home field advantage because the Packers are acclimated to those conditions. If you get a dome team like the Saints or warm-weather Tampa or, or warm-weather L.A., like, that's – I mean, I know Brady's played, Nicole, but Mike Evans from Galveston, Texas, from Texas A&M has played in Tampa Bay in the NFC South his whole career. You don't want to go to Green Bay in January, right? You know, no. so that's I, I I just can't with the Saints losing the last three years. You lost the Kirk Cousins. Now you can argue it was a bad call in the Rams game, but there were bad calls both ways. That game was outside by one call, but Breeze got outplayed by Jared Goff, and then Case Keenum. You know the Stephon. Mm-hmm. It's just like every year the Saints find new ways to lose. They're the Chargers in the playoffs. They just find new ways. New and more heartbreaking ways than the last to lose playoff games. I, I can't take the same too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't take them too seriously. But I think they've rightfully earned the title at what were we in week nine, uh, week 10. At this mm-hmm. point, they should be NFC favorites. I just wouldn't put my money on them personally. And I think we can wrap up the discussion with that. So you take the Saints, I would take the Packers. Yeah, yeah. Just because, and it's not that I think the Packers are the best team. It's it's because I think they will get home field, and nobody wants to play in negative ten degree weather in Green Bay. <laughs> nah, not nah. not not a, not a not a warm weather team like the like the Tampa Bay Bucks or New Orleans. They play in the dome. I mean, any any of these outside of Seattle, but even Seattle, they don't have weather like that in Green Bay. Like it's not beach weather necessarily but it's you know mm-hmm. Seattle in the winter it's you know it, it, you know it's in the 30s you know you get some wind some rain it ain't negative 10 nah uh-uh. it, it, the ground is concrete at that point so are we ready to do some picks Rob I'm ready to get to these NFL picks I need to redeem myself you're gonna redeem yourself we're gonna we're gonna have a good week man we're gonna I, I like um I really like two of your picks I really like two of them. I really, really like. I really, really like two of them. Uh, so, with that, uh, let's get. Started. What's your lock this week, bro? What is your lock? Of, I like your lock of the week. And my other, oh, podcast, I, I have this pick. Oh wow! Week. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm with you on this one. What? Give us your lock of the week. I was gonna let you go first, Gabe, because you want to know. You want to know last week, but uh, thank you for let me take the floor. Yeah, um, let me get you going this week. We're getting you going. <laughs> Uh, my first lock, well, my first lock, my lock of the week for week 10 of the NFL season, uh, we're going to go with Tampa Bay minus six versus the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to tell you why, and I'm going to tell you tell me a why. name that you need to know that is out for Carolina. Tell me. Christian why. McCaffrey. Uh, that's a that's a big name. <laughs> that's a huge name. This man single-handedly could have beat the Kansas City Chiefs last week. Yeah, he, he single-handedly, he was catching out the backfield. He was running through the tackles. You're going to miss that. He has a bruised shoulder. He cannot go. 
And Temple Bay is steaming. I'm telling you why they're steaming. Tom Brady was throwing the ball like Brady Quinn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Notre Dame quarterback. Yes. Cleveland Brown quarterback oh, at the time. Man. A backup in the NFL. Yes. Who's doing broadcasting for college football? Yes. I didn't think Brady, we're Tom Brady and Brady Quinn in the same sentence today. Hey, you're gonna hear. Uh, Tom Brady just—he just had an off game. I think the scheme that the Saints play was really, really eye testing, and I think he was trying to force feed the ball to Antonio Brown. Brother, you got Mike Evans. Brother, you had Chris Godwin. Brother, you still got Scotty Miller. AB just got there this week. You ain't got to force him the ball, Tom Brady. Let the game come here. Y'all get another week of practice in. Y'all stay at AB, stay at your house, your Temple Bay house, and y'all correlate. Y'all correlate like that. Tom Brady was just off his game. Three in the substance. That's not Tom Brady. You're that right. Wasn't Tom. You're right. That's not Tom Brady. Um, I'm with so I'll tell you why I'm with you on Tampa Bay, because I'm with you here as well. Um I just have like a basic of one of my very basic philosophies when it comes to betting on teams. Um, one second here, I'm pulling up. Uh, I'm pulling stuff up, but a very basic philosophy I have is good teams bounce back after bad losses. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay is a good team, and we saw the way they were playing this year. They are a very good team. We saw the way they handled the Packers. This is a really, really good football team. Working Antonio Brown into the team against a top 10 defense is not an ideal scenario. Against the Carolina defense, it's not very good, a much more ideal scenario. And I want to tell you, this is the worst loss of Brady's career. Let's look at the two worst losses of Brady's career previous to this. 2014, remember the Kansas City Chiefs game where uh, Trent Dilfer goes on the air and says, the Patriots are not a good team anymore. They're not good anymore. Well, they came back and beat undefeated Cincinnati 43-17. to 2003, they lose to the Buffalo Bills 31-0 opening day. Come back next week, 31-10 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Brady bounces back after bad losses. Tampa Bay is ready to go. I'm with you on this run, Rob. I like it a lot. I'm w- I like Tampa Bay minus six. Thank you, thank you. I, I, I like it a lot. Now I'll move on to uh, my, uh, my lock of the week. The Seattle Seahawks and the LA Rams are going over 54 and a half points. They are go- they're scoring more than 54 than fi- they're scoring at least 55 points in this game. Seattle cannot stop anybody. Seattle couldn't hold the high school team I covered down here under 30 points a game. They're not holding Sean McVay's offense under 30 points a game. And Russell Wilson can score on anybody. 54 and a half is simply too low of a number. Seattle cannot stop anyone. And no one can stop Seattle. This is going to be a high-scoring game, 54-and-a-half. I get it. The Rams' defense is really good. That's just too low of a number. Give me, give me, the, uh, give me the over on the, uh, on the L.A. Rams and the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. I almost called them St. Louis Rams. Yeah, I mean, hey, I almost called Las Vegas Oakland Raiders, so we even. Um, I, love this, <laughs> I love this pick because – the, we, we talked about it earlier that the Seattle Seahawks defense is horrible. They are giving up in the net, especially in the passing defense. They are giving up 2,897. They have given up given up 2,897 yards. That's the most. That's the most in the NFL. Like, this this was the a Legion of Boom defense. You know, Richard Sherman and Browner and Cam Chancellor and 
Those days are over. Those days are long gone. Some of them brothers have retired. Earl Thomas, I look, they didn't retire there and, and, and not even playing on the team. So this defense, yeah, it, it's not good. And Jared Goff comes in there. He's going to be happy. He's going to be happy. His eyes are going to get big when he <laughs> sees Robert Woods running down the field, Cooper Cup on a nice little slant route, Everett coming out, Higby. Like th- these guys are going to get touches. So if you got this, ain't a fantasy football show. This is a sports gambling. But if you got some of them guys on your team, please put them in your line. You got LA Rams players, start them. Start them. <laughs> but I, I love, I'm loving that over. He's getting a touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> put back <laughs> Brown in. Whoever the third string tight end is, does he get a touchdown? We're playing this clip on the show next week. Or <laughs> playing that one. No, it's uh, points will be scored. Yeah. Points are going – and this game's in uh, – I believe it's in L.A. Uh, yeah, it's in L.A. So, weather ain't an issue here. No, it's not. Weather's no issue here. They play they, The stadium's covered here. You don't got to worry about wind. You don't got to worry about rain. Points are going on the board. Over 54 and a half. Lock of the week. And I might just bet Seattle on the over every game the rest of the season. You give me a 90 – 91 point over under on Seattle. I'll say, well, final score is 48 45. I'll take the over. I'm not blindly bet Seattle overs going forward. I like that game. That, yeah, I, I love that. Uh, next game for me for the NFL forefront. Uh, just a pick here New England plus seven at home versus the Baltimore Ravens. I'm going to tell you why. I looked at this line and I was like, Baltimore, if you look at that Indianapolis Colts game, Lamar Jackson was not good. The score was not indicative of Yeah, how- it was not indicative to, to what really, like, looked at the game and look at the stats and all that. Like, Lamar Jackson wasn't really good in that game. The offense couldn't get rolling. If it wasn't for the fumble return for a touchdown off of Jonathan Taylor by the Baltimore Ravens defense, that game would have went a little bit different. Now, going against a New England defense – it's, it's decent this year. It's decent. They, they kind of struggled against the Jets in the first half on Monday Night Football. It's a little different now. But I still think the New England Patriots can put a hold in to Lamar Jackson. How you really beat Lamar Jackson? Well, one, the offense, led by Cam Newton, has to stay on the football field to keep Lamar Jackson on the sideline. Cliche, cliche, cliche. But to really beat Lamar Jackson head-to-head, Make take the ball out of his hands. Stop the run. Keep a spy linebacker spy on Lamar Jackson. Wherever he go, even you're not gonna have the speed to catch him. But wherever he go, please keep your eyes on him. If you want to bring a safety down in the box to keep your eyes on Lamar Jackson, you will have to do that. Hollywood Brown is upset. He's not getting the touches like he was getting last season. I mean, you get Des Bryant. I mean, I love Des. Welcome back. Welcome back. You know, but it's it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's not the time. It's not mm-hmm. the time. So I, I love New England at home. Cam Newton, he's getting that confidence back. He he was so rejoiced when that field goal went in for New England. He's like, <laughs> oh, I didn't got yes. <laughs> Ooh, I don't have to answer no more questions about losing. I can just play my game. I love New England at home plus seven, man. I love them. So I gotta say that's the uh, pick, that's the pick I wasn't quite on board with. Here, hold on one second. 
I have the hiccups right now. <laughs> I'm allergic to betting on the Patriots right now. <laughs> okay, I think we're past the hiccups. All right. Okay. No, this was, so I said I love two of your picks. This is the one I'm not quite on board with. I just – the Patriots are not a good football team. You know, they almost lost the damn Jets. Yeah. I, I mean, I did not that I was, like, really analyzing. Analyzing that game, I mean, no one should oh, – hold on, it's still <laughs> – I just got the hiccups, man. I've done nothing but pound water all day. <laughs> oh, why am I getting the hiccups? Ugh. Well, while Gabe is recovering from his hiccups, I think we're ready for the sponsorships for the Gambling Shack. Any sponsors, any advertisers – that would love to sponsor. We would love to have you guys. We will create an email. So, you know, we'll shoot some episodes to you guys or whatnot. So stay tuned, advertiser, and future sponsorships uh, while my man Gabe catches his breath. Yeah, we got a – so we do have a live audience. We do have a live audience. I forget about that. I'm like, oh, we'll edit this out later. But we are. there is a live component to this. That's great. Great thing to forget about. I was about to say, like, oh, isn't podcasting great? You know, we – oh, Okay. <laughs> Third time's a charm, right? Um, yes, sir. So, yeah, with New England, I just um, – they're not good, man. Like, I watched it – I watched part of the game against the Jets. I can only – my eyes can only take so much. But they're just – I just don't see talent on that team. In Baltimore, Lamar's not playing as well as he did last year. There's a lot of talent on that team, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and even on offense – Still a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. J.K. Dobbins getting more involved in the offense. You still, I don't know if Ingram's playing this week, but Gus Edwards is a, a capable backup running back. Hollywood Brown's good. Mark Andrews is good. I mean, I don't put much stock into the Des Bryant thing, but, if, you know, if other people want to, that's okay. I don't think it makes much of a difference. Um, I think it's a low-scoring game. I, I like the pick because it's a big number, and I think the game's going to be low-scoring. So that's usually a pretty good formula. I just don't – I think Baltimore is a really, really good team, and New England's just not a very talented team. So that's where I'm just kind of like – and I think Lamar's been hearing, like, oh, you're not playing very well. I think he's due for one of those games. Um, and they lit up New England last year, a more talented New England team mm-hmm. a year ago. So I'm just – I uh, I I wouldn't really bet either way on this game. If You know, if I was forced to, I'd put it on Baltimore. But I get the – I do understand the logic of low-scoring game, big number. Um, and then who knows? Maybe it's a 20-7 to 7 late and Cam scores a garbage-time touchdown. Game ends 20-14. to 14, You cover your spread. doesn't matter how you do it. just matters that you do it. So maybe uh, maybe that's what, that's what ends up happening here. But we'll move on to my second pick of the week. It's weird because I wasn't talking too highly about them about, you know, eight minutes ago. But I like New Orleans, minus nine and a half against the 49ers. You know what this game reminds me of, Rob? It reminds me of the 2018 season. The defending champion Philadelphia Eagles came into the Superdome after the Saints really felt like they should have been. You know, they lost in the divisional round to the Vikings, and they thought they were better than the Eagles. And Kamara said, "We would have, you know, we would have beat the Eagles, and we would have won the Super Bowl if it weren't for the Minnesota miracle." And then the Eagles came in the next year, and the Saints and the Saints and the Saints are always great. You know, October, November, the last three years, Saints have been awesome. And you're, this year, same thing. 
didn't lose in October. I mean, you saw what they did last week in, the, in the, yeah. you know, November. They're looking awesome. Um, so, uh, October, November, the Saints have owned across the NFL the last couple of years. Um, Eagles go in. Uh, Eagles go in. It was week 10 that, that week as well. It was week 10 in 2018. Saints won 48-7. to seven. Yep. I'm not sure if the Saints are going to win 48. I'm not sure if they're going to win by 41 points. But um, this feels like a blowout to me. The Niners last year, I mean, the Saints, they had that crazy game in the Super Bowl against the Niners last year where Kittle was just a man, a man amongst men making that play to put them in field goal range uh, to end up winning the game. And the Saints didn't get home field, lost in a really fluky game to Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. Uh, and the Saints feel like, man, if we – we get past that game. We were the best team in the NFC. We could have gotten the Super Bowl. We could have won. You know, we could have beaten the Chiefs. Um, and now you're playing the Niners. And the Niners, like that Eagles team in 18, is beat up on a different quarterback. There, you know, a bunch of injuries. Saints riding high after beating the Bucks. They're trying to, you know, they're. I mean, Saints are racing for home field. The Saints cannot drop a game because the Packers own the head-to-head tiebreaker. They don't want to go to Green Bay. They don't want to play a playoff game over there. Saints know they need to win. They're going to be locked in this week. I think the Saints, it's a nine and a half or ten, depending on the book you get it at. This is a blowout to me. I think the Saints win by three touchdowns minimum. I mean, I think this is, I think this, I think the Saints are going to stop. And I, I haven't been talking highly about the Saints. It's more for the playoffs in general. I think it's a down San Francisco team with the way that game went last year against San Francisco being crazy. I think Saints won a little bit of revenge. I think they're going to be locked in. I think the Saints just put it to the 49ers. Yeah, I, I think it's a high scoring as well, uh, a beat down on the Saints version. I'll probably look at that first half line too because I, I think they might jump out early on the 49ers. Yeah, the 49ers are depleted with injuries. I mean, I, I looked at Sports in one day and they showed the Super Bowl lineup. And they were on the field. They were on the offensive side, and it was like six guys on IR. None of the skill position guys uh, yeah. were active against the Packers last week. Debo Samuel was out. Mostert's out. Kittle's out. Um, Kendrick Bourne's out. Uh, who the other uh, Sanders with the Saints now? Yeah, um, that's uh, Brita's with the Dolphins. Like yeah. Tevin Coleman's out. Like Jimmy G's out. Joe Staley retired. They're missing their center. Like. I mean, I love. I think Kyle Shanahan's the best offensive mind in the game. That's yeah. Andy Reid, and I love Andy Reid. But you can't win games against good teams with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. Yeah, you 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 can't. You're not going to win too many games with those guys like that. So I mean, this this season for the 49ers is a wash, of course, un, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think the Saints will dominate nine and a half. I love it. Drew Brees is feeling himself. Drew Brees is confident. He got his guy back. Yeah, he got Michael Thomas. And that's the thing. Michael Thomas is going to want to send a message too. Like, hey, uh, and to, hey, DeAndre Hopkins, I'm you know, I'm the best receiver in the league. And not that those guys have any kind of beef. Because from all from everything I can see, it seems like they, they really like each other, in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, there's that there's a competition, there is a healthy competition between those two and you know, and Julio Jones for like, hey, I'm the you know, and now Devontae Adams entered the conversation this year where I'm the best receiver mm-hmm. in the league. Michael Thomas is anxious to really prove that. And now he's got Emmanuel Sanders. I think I think the Saints are going to – they're going to really get rolling here for the next few weeks. And uh, we saw it last week. I think that continues into this week. I like what you said about the first half line. I think uh, people might want to go – because usually the first half line is less than what the game line is. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So if it's like a six and a half first down line, it's like, oh, I can get the Saints just got to win by a touchdown. Uh, that's easy. A, I'll take that. Uh, <laughs> that's easy. That, Especially yeah. if they jump out, jump out early, really, really early, like at least 14 zip or yeah. you know, no, 21. I could see San Francisco with Kyle just having a great game plan. Like first couple mm-hmm. of times they're on the script doing well. That would be my only hesitation is, uh, you know, if just they're on the script and they're giving Mullins easy throws and maybe they manufacture 10 points. If that's the case, they end up doing that, then live bet the second half to go to Saints big. Cause it's not like Mullins is going to be making a bunch of plays, but this just, it feels like a mismatch to me. And this game gives me the vibes that Eagle Saints game from back in 2018 I just remember watching that game and the Saints. I mean, they looked like uh, what they looked like in Tampa Bay last week, where they were just out for blood. Uh, yeah. and that that that's the feel I have for this game. So I love New Orleans in this spot. Last game, last pick for me on the NFL forefront: LA Chargers plus one and a half against the Miami Dolphins. The Chargers play all their games close. They they are. The record doesn't show now. They are what two and six. Yeah, yeah I think they're, they're, they're not two, a, two and six. Yeah, you talking about uh, man? When when's Anthony Lynn going get? The Chargers need to find ways to lose. They don't. I mean, they just like man. How do you do it this week? Oh, you found a new way. <laughs> but I think they. Well, of course they have to win. I I think they're gonna cover the win because I I mean. I they think have Miami eventually, right? Like yeah, they have to, they have to win. Averages. Like they yeah. got to win eventually. They got a potential rookie of the year quarterback at Justin Herbert. He's playing exceptionally well. I know Mike Tom, Mike, excuse me, Mike Thomas. Mike Williams went out against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Hopefully he's okay. He walked off all his own strength. Keenan Allen, people, people forget about Keenan Allen in LA. He's he always says, I'm the best wide in the game. I got the best hands. I got the yeah. best footwork. I don't know if he's the best, but he's damn good. He is pretty good. And uh, they're going to be without Justin Jackson this week, so Justin Kelly will step in. Austin Eckler, he's been running, so I don't know if he's he's active to play. But I think we really got a couple more weeks on Eckler, last I saw, last thing I saw cool. about him. So but I think Miami's riding off that high, but Miami lost a key wide out in Preston Williams. He's on IR yeah. with a foot injury. So. The one that Tua had really good chemistry with. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought him and Tua, they seem they hit a couple deep balls. The couple of plays against the Rams that Tua actually made with Preston Williams, and you saw him, he's comfortable going deep to Preston Williams. So now that's a that is a loss. That is a that loss. is a that's a big loss. And now if you're the Chargers defense, you move all your focus to Devontae Parker. If you take him out the game, who is Tua gonna trust out there to make yeah. plays? So. It's going to be a tough game, and I think the Chargers pull it out with a field goal, and then they finally close one out for Anthony. <laughs> they finally, they're going to lose. They're going to lose this game like thirty-two to thirty-one. Like that's you're going to cover your spread. Well, at least I cover. At least. <laughs> um, that's what's going to happen. Um, so I t- so when I was doing my picks for the other podcast, I do the Moneyline podcast. Um, I like the first one I wrote down, just looking at the lines. And I just wrote down my, and it was a, I think it was a two points for it at the time. I was like Miami minus two against the Chargers. I just like wrote it down, did like little notes, and just moved on. And I noticed like, okay, I'm doing a lot of favorites this week. Let's you know, let's take a step back. And I looked at Miami, and every time when I pick a bunch of favorites, there's always a game that I just no brainer pick. And then at one o'clock, you know, Central Time on Sunday, the team I pick is down two touchdowns. 
That is this game this week. And I, and I took <laughs> Miami off the board. And I'm not going to bet on the Chargers because they just find ways to lose. You know, I'm just not I'm just not comfortable doing it. But I like this pick because of what you said. Preston Williams is out. That's a big loss. Miami's mm-hmm. running back injuries are big. Breida's out. Gaskin's out. Jordan Howard ain't doing anything. They had the Ahmed guy, former Washington guy, come in and look okay. But, I mean, they, Tua doesn't have any kind of running game. The Preston Williams loss is huge. I mean, Devontae Parker hasn't done – he's been kind of hurt this year, kind of nicked up. Gesicki's solid, but does Tua have that trust with these guys yet? I'm not sure. I mean, he had it with Preston Williams. That's what we know. I don't know if he had it with these other guys. Uh, I mean, is he going to rely on Mac Hollins, who we threw the game-winning touchdown to last week? And then lastly, thing I love about this, um, Dolphins blitz as much as any team in the league. Brian Flores is great mixing up blitz schemes, setting it at the right times. Justin Herbert, not just best rookie quarterback. Justin Herbert is the best quarterback in the league against the Blitz. I think Justin Herbert's in for a huge day. Even if Mike Williams doesn't play, Herbert has, you know, guys like Donald Parham. You know, like he's turned – he's made big plays with no-name guys. I'm with you at the Chargers here. I just don't want to put my money on them because they keep finding ways to lose games. (laughs) (laughs) 231 Dolphins, but the Chargers are going to cover the spread. Uh, I'm confident. I, I do like this. I do like this pick a lot, though. I really, I, I do like this. I think the Chargers are going to jump on them early. I think uh, Miami coming off a big. This is the biggest win Miami's had in a long time. The win they had last week. I think there's going to be some natural pullback with the young team. I'm with you on the Chargers here as well. Last pick of the week. If I don't succeed on this pick, Rob, I'm never allowed to bet a game involving this team again. That's going to be the new rule for the rest of the season. I'm betting the Minnesota Vikings minus two and a half on Monday night in Chicago against the Bears. I'm betting the Vikings. Hey, I'm with you, man. Dalvin Cook is running the ball like nobody, like somebody's chasing him. I mean, his last three games, I think he's over 500 yards in total. Um, He's having an incredible season. He's in the MVP discussion. And I've, uh, I've found on Kirk Cousins a bit, you know, today. Kirk Cousins is a—he's not bad, you know. He, Chicago would kill for Kirk Cousins to be their quarterback. And <laughs> in mean, in in any other franchise in the league, will kill for Kirk Cousins. I mean, like this guy—he led the league in passing yards one year with the Vikings. Kirk Cousins is a solid. Like he's—he's he's like you're not, I don't think you can win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. No. But you like you can win games. Like you can be a yeah. good team. And the Vikings were a good team last year. So I mean they won a playoff game against a really good Saints team. So you can be a good team with Kirk Cousins. So I clown on Kirk a little bit. He's a lot better than Nick Foles right now. And the Vikings defense, they were getting lit up early in the year because they had a bunch of young guys. They're starting to round in the form a little bit. Watch out. Vikings might be a dark horse playoff team if the Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, one of those teams starts dropping off. I don't think the Bucks or the Saints will. Um but if you know one of those NFC West teams starts uh, starts dropping off a bit, uh, Vikings they're three and five. They might sneak. They might sneak their way into playoff contention here late in the year. And you know if Dalvin Cook keeps playing this way, he's the MVP candidate. Oh, I yeah, mean, for Dalvin, sure. Cook, Dalvin Cook's the real deal. I mean, I remember when he came out in the draft. I loved him at Florida State. I couldn't understand why he was um, why he was a second round pick. I thought he was a no brainer first rounder. And he's showing that he's. Probably the best running back in the game right now. I mean, with Christian McCaffrey really not playing this year. I mean, Dalvin Cook has just been outstanding. Um, and I mean, Adam Thielen, really good receiver. Justin Jefferson's been the best rookie wide receiver 
in this class. I mean, and then the big thing is Minnesota minus two and a half. I know they're three and five. I know the Bears have a winning record. The Bears can't score. The Bears cannot score. But if the Bears cover two and a half this week, I'm never allowed to bet a Chicago Bears game for the rest of the season. We're, Rob is not going to allow me to bet the Chicago Bears uh, on this podcast, at least. I can do whatever I want elsewhere. But on this podcast, there's no more Bears picks from me if Minnesota doesn't cover two and a half. I'm like I'm like 500 on the Bears this year. I was winning on them early. Now I'm losing on them. So I'm even on the Bears this year. Let's go. Minnesota, they win by more than a field goal here. Love them at two. Love Minnesota at two and a half. I love this number. Bears can't score points. Bears cannot score points. Love Dalvin Cook. We're going with the Vikings on Monday night. Only bad thing about this is I won't know till Monday what my week is going to look like for this. That's the only bad thing about this. But it's going to be a good week for the both of us. It's going. We're we're going to do well this week. Yeah, you mentioned the Bears' offense. They only scored thirty points one time. That was a come behind victory against the Atlanta Falcons. Led you by also just find ways to lose games. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to make a point here, Gabe. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they don't. They they they're not an explosive offensive team. They They've been struggling. They struggled last week against Tennessee. Um, I mean, it was many chances that they could have made something happen in that game. But Nick Foles, the talent around him is okay. It's okay, but it's not the best that that needed to take that extra step. So I love that pick. I love Minnesota. I think they're rolling on offense. Defense, they're getting under control about some things. They're understanding some things on the defensive side. So I like that pick. I'll let you slide. I like that pick. Yeah, no. So I- once again, to recap, because <laughs> Gabe, Gabe about to go crazy. He about to go crazy. I'm about to recap to bring people back in. Gabe picks in his lock for week 10 of the NFL season. His lock is Seattle and Los Angeles Rams over 54 and a half. That's the lock. So that means bet it. That means put your money down on it. The next pick for him is uh, New Orleans Saints, minus nine and a half versus San Francisco 49ers. Uh, his last pick is Minnesota, two and a half at Chicago, at Chi-Town, at Chi-Town right there to finish him off. Uh, for me, my lock, Tampa Bay minus six versus the Carolina Panthers. That means when I say a lock, that means put your money down right now. Get your money on it right now. New Orleans, New Orleans, good man, goodness gracious. New England Patriots plus seven versus the Baltimore Ravens. That's at home. That's at Foxborough. It's gonna be cold out there. And then my last one is uh LA Chargers plus one and a half versus the Miami Dolphins. Now we have something new that we're introducing. We're gonna get off NFL. We're gonna breeze through college football because it's that's a mess as itself. But our new official benchmark. We're going to call it live dog. Dog in betting lingo is underdog. That means the team that is not the favorite to win. You can put your money down on the money line on it to get a lot of money. If they win outright, they have to win, period. But we're going to go live dogs with the odds of potentially upset. So, Gabe, start it off. So I want to say, before we start here, my lock of the week, the Seattle Rams over 54 and a half. When I say lock, put your money on it. I mean, I put Rob's 401k on it. He doesn't, he just is finding that out right now. That's what I mean. Go go find a bunch of someone else's money and put it on it. I hear you, Kane. I hear you, dog. So that's that's what I mean when I say lock. That's what we mean when we say lock. 
Don't touch Robin's the happy though when they when they when they score when they score fifty more than fifty five points. He, he he gonna be happy though. But live dog, I was I like this because I'm riding high on this right now because I like I said I had Miami and the uh, Miami over Arizona last week. And I think this is a good. I like this a lot. So this week, this week's upset, Rob. The New York Giants plus four will upset the Philadelphia Eagles, the NFC East leading with a losing record, Philadelphia Eagles. Mm, I like it. The last time the two teams met up, Daniel Jones uh, almost scored on the touchdown, and he got um, tackled by the wind. Yeah, Casper got him on that one. Yeah. Uh, and Evan Ingram dropped that. I mean, Evan Ingram dropped the uh, – Dropped what would have been the game stealing catch. I'm gonna tell you why I like the Giants here, though. I've been hard on the Giants this year, not so much on this podcast, but on my other one. Um, and I, I remember before the season, there was seen Joe Judge is making his coaches run laps. I know Freddie for making mistakes. I know Freddie Kitchens is on that staff, so I imagine he's in amazing shape now because uh, I know he made a hell of a lot of mistakes in Cleveland last year, and I imagine it's more of the same in uh, in New York. Um, the Giants are getting better every week. Like yeah. I, I just I've watched more Giants football than anyone not from New York should, um, <laughs> yeah, because they're not a good team. But they're getting like I'm in on Joe Judge. This team's getting even without Saquon. They're getting and it, Golden Tate. You know he's a uh, he. You know he was just left he left off the active roster last week. But they keep games close. I mean they played Tampa Bay right down to the wire. Beat Washington twice. Played Philly last time in Philly right down to the wire on a Thursday night game. I think the Giants are overperforming their talent level. They don't have that much talent, but they're getting better in a defense. I'm so, I'm impressed. This defense is – and this defense does not have talent. They You do not look at that defense and think, man, there's a bunch of good players. They have maybe two good players, yeah. maybe Bradbury and Leonard Williams. And this defense is playing well. And the Giants, they're overperforming. They consistently overperform expectations. The Philadelphia Eagles, what are they? The biggest disappointment in the NFL this season. They consistently underperform. I'm getting an overperforming team. It's an underperforming team. These two teams matched up less than a month ago. It was a very close game. Now I'm getting the overperforming team at more than a field goal, four points. I love the Giants here, not just to cover the spread. I love the Giants to win this game against the Eagles. With how bad the NFC East is, the Giants might freaking win this division. Like they, they actually might win this division, which is a you know that's how bad the NFC East is. Um, <laughs> but it, the Giants are not like they are getting better every week, which I didn't think I would be saying. Uh, you know, a month ago, like this team is starting to play well in some areas, and I love. I think the Giants pulled the upset this week. The Eagles are just not a good team. I mean, a four four points is way too big of a spread. But I think the Giants are just the Eagles are regressing, and the Giants are getting better. I'm going to take the team that's getting better to go and pull this upset, especially coming off a win and where Daniel Jones last week, for only the second time in his career, did not turn the ball over. And think about all the things that had to go right for the Eagles to win a few weeks ago against the Giants. Not all yeah. the things are going to go right this week. I love my live dog, the Giants, a live dog this week. They're going to beat the Eagles plus four. For Bobby Beach Live Dog, let me. I I, don't, I can't give up on the Texans right now. Plus three and a half. It might go down to three when kickoff go. Wherever you get your book at, wherever you get it at. So yeah, it's, it's I, trending that direction. 
Okay. So I love this live dog, and I, I think the Texans can outright win. I mean, who is Baker Mayfield? Like who is like who is Baker? Like that that's quite, that's been the question from week one for me from Baker Mayfield. Who is Baker? Am I getting good Baker against Cincinnati Bengals Baker twice? Huh? That's the only team he know who he can play against. <laughs> Other than that, it's kind of like ooh, it's it's a it's a it's not a it's not a consistent Baker Mayfield. It's gonna be rainy. It's gonna be cold. So that's the Cleveland's favorite. Now, when it comes to Houston, Deshaun Watson got to make the gangster plays. I said gangster. The gangster make plays. Gangster All right. Plays. One of the gangster plays, Rob. Deshaun, you are the playmaker. If it's third and three, go get that first down. You can't relax. You don't have David Johnson. Duke Johnson will have to step up against his former team. Show them why you wanted to be traded, Duke. You want it out of Cleveland. Now the passing game is not going to be very, very uh, 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 eye-opening in this game. It's not. It's not. I, I think Deshaun probably throw two hundred yards if you if you're gonna win. It's gonna be a close, gritty, gritty type game up front. The defensive line, the linebackers for the Texans are going to be very huge in this matchup. I ain't worrying about the secondary. Like I said before, to prove my point, the passing game will not be effective in this game because of the weather, the rain, the snow, well, I mean, the rain, the, the wind. It's going to be cold. It's going to be 50. By the time we kick out, probably going to be 40s in the 40s. You know, about 40s right there. Let me tell you something right here. J.J. White. You got your hundred sack uh, last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Get one or two for me. Get two more on your resume before we send you off to another team next season, huh? Go get Baker. I think Baker's Baker's. I, I'm a fan of him. I ain't you know Oklahoma. I don't remember too much from Texas Tech, but I was you know a fan of uh, Baker. I ain't with the crotch grabbing all that stuff. I'm just worrying about what he do on the football field. He's just not. He's just not consistent, and he wishy-washy. I got to go with street lingo. He's very wishy-washy. And I think he's going to be more washy this week. I think the Texans can outright win this. 17-14, 17-13, 17-14. game like last week when they played the Raiders, but the Raiders won 16-6. I think it's – on the offensive side – OBJ means a lot now. I, I looked at that game against the Raiders. You know, they had a bye week this past weekend, but the week before, OBJ was very much needed. They needed a playmaker on the, on those wideouts. They didn't. They don't have a playmaker. They got Jarvis Landry, but other than that, they just don't have nobody. I Nick Chubb, but they don't have nobody who could who could really just make plays like that. Man, you're talking me into the into the damn Texans, man. I, <laughs> I I just it's hard for me to see the Texans holding anybody to 17 points or to 13 points. Or I feel like I feel like Deshaun has to play really, really well. Cause I'm with you on Baker. I'm not I've never mm-hmm. been a Baker guy. Uh I thought it was ridiculous. He was number one overall pick in what was it, the 18 draft. Um, I'm, I'm not a Baker guy losing Odell. They lost, um, you know, definitely lost some explosion there. Um, it's man, Houston's defense is bad and Cleveland can run the ball. They're getting, they're getting Nick Chubb back this week. I do like this as more than a field goal as a spread though. I mean, I, 
I, I'm back and forth. I don't disagree because I think Baker's or Deshaun is so much better than Baker. Mm-hmm. I think the Texans' weapons, their receivers, are better than the Browns' receivers. With you know, especially now that OBJ's out, so I, I just can't bring my. I think I talked about it last week. I can't really bring myself <laughs> to bet on the Texans. Like when you had Jacksonville last week, I was like, oh, I just can't bet on this team. But I am. I do think Houston, and they're seeing it in a betting market because Cleveland is a team that's a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. Um, and Houston is not, but you're seeing Houston on the road in crappy weather, only being a three and a half point god or three and a half point dog. It tells you that the betting market takes the Texans seriously. Yeah, um, and I would not be surprised if there's an upset in this game because I think Deshaun is so much better than Baker Mayfield. It, what concerns me is Cleveland's offensive line, which has played really well this year going up against uh, the Houston D-line, which outside of J.J. has not been good, and Cleveland can really run the football. So I'm, I'm curious, but I'm, curi- I'm curious to see what this looks like. I'm, I, I'm interested to see what this looks like, but I'm with you on Baker. Baker is not the guy. Baker, Baker is wishy-washy. I like that. He's wishy-washy. Um, I could see this happening. I'm going I'm to give you agreement here, Rob. I'm ta- you talked me into it a little bit. Deshaun is so much better than Baker. I'm with it. H Town hold it down. <laughs> Appreciate you, Gabe. And that was live, dog. We're gonna do that. That's that's the official benchmark. That was it. That was actually brought to you by Gabe Myers. I gotta give him credit for that because that was that's a great segment because that's really gambling, still lingo, and live dogs, and it's a lot of upsets. It's it's upsets every week. It's any given Sunday, any team could pull it out. I think last two weeks we've seen a lot of a lot of underdogs. I think this week we're back to the favorites. Um, mm. I think I, I think I mean look, Packers and Jaguars is a game. I mean that's kind of a mismatch. Um, looking at Tampa and Carolina, looking at you know the Saints and the Niners. I think we're looking at a lot of favorite Minnesota, Chicago. I think we're looking at a lot of favorites this week. Uh, I think we're looking at a lot of favorites this week. Uh, it's been a lot of favorites this year. Last couple of weeks been a bit of an aberration i think we're going to get back on uh the favorites this week that's kind of, i think next week when we start the show i think we're going to say like something like nine out of 13 favorites covered yeah it's going to be something along those lines that's kind of my prediction for uh for this week but i do i like you know there there's always some dogs out there yeah there's yeah. always there's always some dogs out there there's always dogs that can cover so Gabe says it's gonna be a square week. It's gonna be a square, square week. It's gonna be a largely square week in the NFL. But that's what this year has been up until the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So yeah, that, you're right. That's what I think that's what it's been. I think, you know, I think the last couple of weeks have been a little bit of an aberration. Um, I think we're gonna see some more favorites this week. But like we said, there's always there's always a dog out there. There's always some mm-hmm. out there, and I think we got some good ones this week. You know, move on to college football, Rob. I got some things to say. All right, all right. I got to get through the features. Uh, The top feature that you need to know about college football, 15 games in total have been postponed or canceled. Um, College football is going through it with the coronavirus. And it's not even about – well, I mean, Herm Edwards for Arizona State, he did test positive for coronavirus. But it's like most college football teams do not have enough scholarship players to play. You know, with, with those guys out with the COVID cases and with the tracing or whatnot, so that that is just sad. But we're gonna run through the quick beats, uh, the quick uh, you no know, hits and misses. The the hit is Florida didn't miss a beat. 
Florida came in Jack. I said, I didn't I say I told you. I, I, I told you I was I was with you on that one. You got to the dock first last week and you put Florida because I would have put Florida and Clemson last week. I would have <laughs> change anything. I would have went one and one anyway. Uh but I, I was with you on I was with you last week. I love Florida. I thought they were the better team. I thought they were gonna win outright. And you hit this one right on the head, man. Florida looked good. Your boy Kyle Trask looked good. So you hit that one right on the head. Manville High School, stand up for your quarterbacks out there. They're doing that thing. Kyle Trask and Eric King. Um, Texas A&M look great. I love it. You know what? I know we uh, we really we are all in in the game the shade. But I really love Texas A&M. I'm going to just say this. I love their defense. I love that young running back. I love Spiller, and they I love that uh, running. I, I yeah, Aiken. 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 Aiken from he's he's from uh, Fort Ben Marshall. I watched him last year in the state championships. Man. Ooh, I watched him in. The, I had to cover HISD football. They did not belong in HISD. They were too powerful for them other teams. Like and then, and that, him and that quarterback Malik Hornsby, man, those two guys yeah. run. He's at Arkansas. Yeah, Hornsby's out. He'll he'll get on the field at some point. He's too good of an athlete not to. But, yeah, I mean, Isaiah Spiller's really good. Akane's really good. I mean, they got – and you you talk about the A&M defense, man. I look at that defense. I see NFL dudes. They got a corner who was one of the top recruits in the country, a five-star guy this past year. He's playing really well. Defensive line, they're just rotating dudes and getting getting a lot of pressure. Um, I'm really with uh, – I'm with you on A&M. I watch them. I think they're getting better every week. I think Kellen Mond is pretty average, but I think the receivers are really good. And the offensive line is great. I mean, O-line has been – I mean, they haven't allowed a sack since the Alabama game. I mean, they are uh, – O-line's great. Receivers are really good. Running backs are awesome. Jimbo, I mean, he's a really good coach. You saw what he did at Florida State, uh, just mm-hmm. a consistent contender uh, over there in Tallahassee. A&M, they are on – if I'm – you know, I, I – my mom and my sister are both Aggie alum. Uh, so, that, I mean, they're thrilled right now. I think A&M, they're going to be a team to be dealt with, not just this year, but for years to come. Yeah. Uh, the misses. Uh, the misses, we can start with the SEC. They have four games postponed, including Alabama versus LSU, including Georgia and Mizzou, including Texas A&M. Their game is postponed as well. So, I mean, it's been a, a rough patch for the SEC. And the other miss, and Gabe, I'll let you have the floor. Slow down. Clemson finally lost a the game. They did not cover the minus six, even though they went into overtime. This is – Rob, did you watch the game? I watched partially of it. Did you watch the end of the game? Did you see overtime? Then I didn't catch the end. I didn't catch okay, the end so of the game. I want to set – this is double overtime. Okay, we're in double – one – Clemson's defense just letting Notre Dame walk down the field with a minute left to score. I thought, oh, recovering the six. Clemson's defense is playing well. Nope, not happening. So we go to overtime. I'm like, all right, I need Clemson to score. I need to stop. Second overtime, Notre Dame gets the ball first, second OT. They each score a touchdown first OT. Second overtime. It's second and 13, I believe, because Notre Dame had lost a couple yards, two, three yards on first down. So second and 13, double overtime. Ian Book, Notre Dame quarterback, takes off. There's a holding penalty called, so he's you know he's going to get backed up ten yards, but you know he keeps running. Play goes on. So you know how quarterbacks do that thing where they're running towards the sideline, but they're staying and bouncing as much yard as they can. Mm-hmm. Ian Book, one foot touches out of bounds, and a Clemson safety who's running at Ian Book, trying to keep him out of the end zone because Ian Book gets down to like the, two, the three four yard line here, so he's actually getting close to scoring. Ian Book touches out of bounds. 
And the Clemson player, he doesn't come and decapitate Book. He doesn't even, like, really come and push him. His momentum takes him into Book, and Book falls down. Ref throws an unnecessary roughness flag. Turns second and 23 in double overtime to first and 10 from the 20. Like, how, like that is just terrible officiating. That, mm. that, is, that is a trope. And there were so many other calls in that game. Notre Dame won. They get away with so many holding penalties. But they they get they got away with so much in that game. They went to review in the first overtime for Clemson. Clemson scored a touchdown. They go to review. Uh, you know how they re- automatically review every touchdown. They review the touchdown. Clemson scored a touchdown. Extra point teams out there. They go to review again to say Clemson <laughs> scored a touchdown. Now, Clemson, Clemson, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. And in the worst one of the game. It was early in the second half. This is the worst one of the game. Ian Book throws the ball down the field. I forget which receiver it was. One of the Notre Dame receivers. Makes a he makes a catch and he comes down with the ball. The ball hits the ground and mm-hmm. he loses the ball as he like as he's going to the ground and then gathers it up again. You could see this clearly on the replay. And the announcers, the the you know, the ref guy, John Perry or whoever it was for NBC, and then it was uh D- Tony Dungy and Tariko on the call on NBC, they were like, Oh yeah, clearly not a catch. Then you go to commercial, come back. Call on the field is confirmed as a catch for Notre Dame. What the heck are you watching? It was a 40-yard play. This was a 40-yard play. And they're just giving it to Notre Dame. It's like, gosh, these refs have Notre Dame on the money line. This was – officiating was an absolute joke. And I'm, not the, and I'm not the only one who thinks so. You know who Joel Clad is for Fox, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He goes on Twitter after the game and says, great game. Worst officiated game I've seen in a decade. I'm like, hey, okay, I'm not the only one. Sometimes it's like, okay, am I getting gambling goggles here? Am I just mad because I have money on this game? No, this was a terribly officiated football game. It was a whole yeah. questionable call when Notre Dame's way. It all it touched out Jesus. It all went, it all went <laughs> Notre Dame's way. All the rest, I guess, were good old Catholic boys growing up. It all went Notre Dame's way. So I was watching that game. I was so frustrated. Won my bet loss. So you never like that. But watching a game. The better team lost. Yeah. I mean, the better team lost. And you never want to see that. Good news for Clemson. They're going to play Notre Dame again in the ACC championship game. And they'll have Trevor Lawrence back. And they'll have Tyler Davis and Xavier Thomas back. And they'll have Ben Skowski back. And they'll beat Notre Dame by three touchdowns. When that game yeah. gets played and the line gets released at Clemson minus eight or ten, I will be taking Clemson that week as long as they have reasonable health. So that's my pity party for myself that I do weekly in college football. <laughs> and that was Gabe Myers' rant brought to you by – that's coming soon. Oh, that's coming soon. <laughs> that is coming soon. All right, Gabe. Let's, um, it was a tough week, honestly, for both of us to pick our two games for college football uh, because of are, the are suspension. Are there four games happening in college football? <laughs> that's where I'm <laughs> Are there even four games being played tomorrow? <laughs> I hope so. Everything's official now. I think it goes in official by this time. Uh, I guess I'll start it off. This team right here, number 10, Indiana, they're, they're sneaky good. Gosh. Number sneaky 10, Indiana good. in football does not sound right. <laughs> yeah, more, yeah, they're more basketball driven. But uh, minus seven versus a horrible Michigan State team. And I mean horrible. You lost to Rutgers. You got your ass beat by Owl last week. Yeah, yeah. That, that game wasn't pretty. I saw the 
I saw. I didn't watch the game, but I saw the score. No one. You fought hard goal. against Michigan, but you still Michigan lost. Good. <laughs> yeah, Michigan. Michigan. Michigan solid. But um, th- this game. Indiana versus Michigan State, it's on the road. Now, you, you're like, Ugh, I don't really trust road favorites. But I think this offense from Indiana, that defense actually from Indiana is pretty pretty darn good. I think Indiana could just manage the game and just dominate. I, I'm looking at like a 20-7 to 7 type victory in this yeah. game. Michigan Michigan State doesn't have anything. For Indiana's me. quarterback is in a, the lefty, Penix. He's solid. Yeah, he's solid. I, I need a little Indiana football. He's a he's a nice little QB they got there. I mean, I don't think he's like an elite NFL type guy, but he's a he's a good solid quarterback. I think mm-hmm. uh, think Indiana's got a QB there. I'm 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 staying in the Big Ten here with you. Also a road favorite, which you know in college football is sketchy. But I've spent years defending Jim Harbaugh, and I'm just done. <laughs> Give me Wisconsin minus four and a half against Michigan. I mean, Michigan is not good. The, I mean, we came in here the first week of the podcast, and we were like, all right, well, Michigan looked good against Minnesota. Maybe this is indicative of more things to come, and Harbaugh's evolved and all this stuff. Well, their defense is so outdated. All Don Brown does is blitz and play man coverage. But you got a semi-accurate quarterback with a semi-decent receiver. You can beat it every single time. Why can you beat it? Because Michigan's corners are trash this year. And Don Brown has never adjusted since I've watched him at Michigan, so I have no reason to believe he's going to start doing so this week. Um, Wisconsin, now again, they haven't played in a while. But Wisconsin's a good team, and they actually had a freshman quarterback who actually – they actually showed a semblance of a passing game in the mm-hmm. one game they played. They actually showed they could throw the ball a little bit. Wisconsin's always had some decent skill position players. Wisconsin's always been on the offensive line. But where's Wisconsin always good? They're good on defense. With mm-hmm. DC, they're good on defense. Michigan that quarterback Milton, he he doesn't throw the ball accurately, and he's a good but not great athlete. So he can run, but he'd be a much better runner if he could throw the ball. He cannot really throw the football. The receivers aren't anything to write home about. I think their running backs are terribly average. Wisconsin's a really good defensive team. I think Wisconsin wins this game pretty comfortably. I know college road favorites, even in the Corona year without fans, college teams going on the road have not been the same as they are at home if you just kind of watch college football this year. Uh, Michigan, I'm just out on this Michigan team. I don't think they're very good. I'm not sure exactly how good Wisconsin is, but I think they're significantly better than the Wolverines. Wisconsin minus four and a half uh, in the big house. Yeah, I like that pick. I think uh, Wisconsin is very hungry to play. They haven't played since they came back against Illinois. Noise. Uh, so I, I think they're pretty hungry to get back. Uh, the freshman quarterback, uh, hopefully, hopefully uh, he's uh, quarantined and he's ready to go. He had an impressive debut, five touchdown passes. So I like Wisconsin. Michigan isn't – yeah, I believe – like I, I'm with you, man. The quarterback, he's a great athlete, but he's not a quarterback. And I mean, they just. And I don't even think he's a great athlete. I think he's a good athlete. Mm-hmm. He's not a. Uh, he's not one of these guys who's going to break off a bunch of big runs. Like uh, the running game is an element where if he could throw the ball, he'd be a much better runner because you had to you'd spread out the defense quite a bit. But he's just not that good of a thrower. So he he just doesn't do a lot. I don't think he presents you with a lot of problems. And you mentioned in your Indiana pick where Michigan State has not been very good. Michigan lost to Michigan State. Yeah. It yeah. didn't look very good in the loss. Like it's not like it was a fluke. Like, it, they just got beat. Yeah. This, uh, I, like, where you said Michigan State isn't very good. 
I don't think Michigan's really any good. <laughs> yeah. To be, to to be quite honest, yeah. Defending Jim Harbaugh. And I love Jim Harbaugh. I think he is. I think he got another shot in the NFL. He'd do really well. But for whatever reason, it's just not working at Michigan. Yeah. It, does, it just isn't working for one reason or another. It just – we're not seeing it yet. But we are very average college football betters. We're two yeah. and two. We're very what's your what's your uh what's your second pick of the week here? I'm I'm looking at this and I don't keep up with uh, American conference football. So you're gonna have to give us the tell us what it is, Rob. All right. University of Houston. Uh they're playing South Florida for their homecoming. And I, I'm gonna put a, a PSA out there. Students, athletes, I know it's homecoming, but God, it's still COVID out here now. <laughs> Cooks. Don't don't leave the house. Don't leave <laughs> Cougs, please stay patient. Cause I know if you go out here and party and all that, you come back, you play this game. Now both teams affected with the COVID. And now you postpone. Cougs, you miss five games now. You miss five games to start the season now. <laughs> they learn their lesson. <laughs> they, they gotta learn their lesson. Talking about people scared to play y'all. No. Anybody scared to play y'all. Anyway, <laughs> um, they're playing South Florida. Last week I had South Florida. Uh, last week I had Memphis minus seventeen versus South Florida. Memphis crapped the bed and had to come back to win, and they did not cover that seventeen spread. South Florida can they can score? They can score. I didn't think they could score in them, but they got some. They got a quarterback that I was aware of because he was a quarterback at Alcorn State when I was covering Texas Southern football, and he's uh, transferred over to South Florida. He's doing his thing, but you're going against a high-powered offense as in UH led by Clayton Toon and Marquez Stevenson. I think they're going to score a lot of points. It's homecoming. They played the same team two years ago for homecoming, and they waxed them. But they had De'Ara King at quarterback, and he had a nice spin move that will be on SportsCenter Top 10 forever in the day. Uh, so I think the over 57.5 is quite accurate. It's going to be a lot of scoring. It's not going to be too much defense going on in this game. Look for like a 40-burger for Hugh UH. Maybe fifty burger. I think uh, South Florida can put up fifty. That's a, that's about yeah. all you need. <laughs> that's all I really need right there. Now. South Florida might score twenty just to get some garbage touchdowns in. Hey, hey, we love garbage touchdowns in our overbets. We yes, love we garbage touchdowns. Um, so I'm gonna go. I'm going to the Big Twelve here, like the one Big Twelve game that's happening this week, and I'm taking West Virginia at home minus three against TCU. I don't think either of these teams are very good. But West Virginia has shown this year their defense is pretty solid. Um, and then – and TCU, I just don't think TCU is a very good team. I don't, Like, they, they're pretty – quarterbacks. Uh, they got Zach Evans, a good running back. Um, North Shore alum. Yeah, North uh, Galena Park, North Shore, man. Two-time defending state champs. Probably won't be three at the end of this year. Um, they, they're pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Evans is good. But TCU – I mean, TCU doesn't have a ton of talent on offense. West Virginia has a good defense. Reason why I like West Virginia, though. You look at the Big 12 and you got Texas and TCU and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and you got Baylor and you got Tech and even Kansas and Kansas State are still kind of, you know, they're just North Oklahoma. They're still in the region. Then you got West Virginia. <laughs> like, yeah. you got, like no one likes that trip to Morgantown. That's a weird trip. It's a long flight. You're out of your rhythm. It's. What, what's Morgantown, West Virginia? No one in the Big 12 likes making that trip. No one likes going over there. TCU's not a good team to begin with. I think West Virginia's more talented. Combine that with this weird road trip 
that the Big 12 insists on making teams do going to Morgantown, West Virginia to play this game. Give me the Mountaineers minus three against the Horn Frogs. Obviously winning and covering the spread. I'll, I'll go 27-17. And West Virginia can't they're not that good on offense. West Virginia has a legit they 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 have a legit defense. And I don't think TCU is very good. Um I like West Virginia here. But you you mentioned Texas Southern football earlier, uh, and you're a TSU TSU alum. Uh a guy I covered down here by the name of Andrew Body, who is a setting records here in Corpus Christi. He plays for the Miller Bucks. Uh, he's a quarterback. He'll be uh, heading to TSU on in the fall. The fight, the fight in Bobby Beats. <laughs> We'd love to have him. We would love to yeah, have him, I think. He's a talented dude. He needs some work. I mean, anybody at that level needs some work. We need some work. Mm-hmm. He's a talented, talented dude. His team's averaging, like, I'm not joking here. They're averaging about 70 points a game this year. Uh, yeah. It's Corpus, Rob. It's Corpus. This ain't. <laughs> it's Corpus. This isn't uh, North Shore, huh? Their, <laughs> their last loss, they lost 77 to 76. <laughs> and then last week, they won 86 to 76. They playing football. They playing football, right? Yeah, I know. It's a, it's a basketball score. Yeah, but... They playing football out there, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so okay. We, we, we don't believe in tackling. Uh, <laughs> 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 we. we... <laughs> No, he, he, and he's a good athlete too. Uh, he's actually a four-year letterman basketball and football. But I just wanted to throw that out there for you because they'll be taking the field for TSU pretty soon. But I like West Virginia this week. Getting back on the subject here, I liked I liked them out. That's a weird trip. You go, you're playing Texas, Oklahoma, and a couple and then a game in Kansas every year. Then you gotta go to West Virginia. <laughs> Who the heck wants to go to West? No one wants to go to West Virginia. Nah. West Virginia don't want to go to West Virginia. <laughs> they couldn't get into Virginia Tech, so they go yeah. to West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I like I like TCU. Um, I mean, I, I, I mean, I bet it on them before, but they're playing Baylor and they, they covered. Zach Evans had a big game in that game, but uh, they they are. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. They they're not an explosive offensive team. They they'll put some points on the board, but they're not consistent with it on the West day. Virginia just held the UT offense 17 points. And you, yeah. you can say, like, they've struggled this year, which they have. But they've been an explosive offense pretty consistently. They've been able to put points up on the board. West mm-hmm. Virginia kept UT off the scoreboard for long stretches. The defense is they, – they know what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball out there in Morgantown. I'm a I, – I feel pretty good about this West Virginia pick. I mean, there just isn't a ton to pit, choose from. Like we said, yeah. we – you mentioned like maybe working the third game in, and I think that's something we will do going forward. I like that as well. Instead of going one and one every week, you know, mm-hmm. get some kind of tiebreaker in there. But um, yeah, this week there's so many games canceled. Uh, it's this isn't the week to do it, but I think we'll do that going forward. I mean, just just enjoy the college football we have this yeah. week. I mean, it's not a lot. Watch some golf, Justin <laughs> Johnson. We need you, DJ. I know you listen to the show. Yeah, he's a big fan. Uh, that was the Gambler Shack episode three of What's Going On. You can follow me at my name is Bobby Beach. You can follow me at Robo Harris Jr. You can follow my man Gabe at G underscore Myers. That's M Y E R S thirty three. And uh, we're gonna keep you locked. Uh, lock the picks in that we said, man. Please lock these picks in. Get bet your money. Four one k on it. That's my advice. Always fun yeah. to bet money that ain't yours.
Yeah, yeah. But- well, I'm gonna go check out right now. Make sure I didn't hack it. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll be right. We'll be back next Friday night, uh, giving you guys some of the picks and some of the thoughts uh, that we've seen previously before in Week 11 in college football and Week 10 of the NFL season. So always remember, happy betting. Happy betting.